last yesterday evening, <coughs> Susan asked me, what was I preaching on this morning? I said, I don't know. <laughs> Which is, I know what I'm preaching on, but I don't know, I don't know how I'm doing it, really. That's the, that's the deal. Um, if, you, if you get the drift. Um, <clears throat> Father, we just pray your word. Which is breathed by the God of heaven. Would just come alive to us this morning. Would just come alive to us. Father, we thank you for this season. And we recognize that it can cause us to maybe think differently and question things. But Father, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, who is the helper, you would help us now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I, I, I want you to go out from this morning knowing you've, you've had some help. <laughs> uh, because that's, that is what, you know, that's why the Bible says there in Registrarity, all Scripture is, is God-inspired. And is there for, or is there, is, is profitable for doctrine. How I many you know it's good to have good doctrine? Because, you know, you come around, you get around people, and you get around church people, you come across a whole lot of wacky doctrine. You know, and it can be a little bit offbeat sometimes. And, and I, how come those chairs have gone back? It's like... <laughs> You know, we can get a little bit off track sometimes as, as, as the Word of God you know, gets in, re, reinterpreted into unsurrendered hearts uh, because we, we like it to be comfortable and we like to maintain control and keep things in. But the enemy wants you to maintain control because he wants you to stay where you are. Um. Just by the way, how many of you are here do, do, are in life groups on Wednesday night? That's cool, isn't it? It's not too, not too late to, to join into that, come into that. We'll, we, we can do a little backtrack. Um, we're going we're to be here again on Wednesday. But that course, um, Killing Kryptonite, is so helpful in the, the Word of God is inspired by God. Is, all Scripture is um, inspired by God. Is is, is profitable for doctrine, uh, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness <laughs> in the things of God. So that, that really helps because it, it helps us bring things into perspective. It helps to, to bring things. Sometimes, sometimes you need it as a Christian. You know, you've got a lot of, lot of, lot of information and you've got a lot of revelation but it's like looking down a, a fence that you've got a, a stake over here and a stake over there and a stake there and a stake over there and a stake over there. And, and so when you put your panels in, if you're in panels or whatever you're doing, you know, wire or whatever it is, you know, the fence goes like this. Uh, but when you, when, you, 
when, when you get into the Word of God, there are some things and there are opportunities where we need to just get to a place where those fence panel, those fence posts all come into line. And all of a sudden, things come in line and say, wow, yeah, I, I see that, I see that. I've had so many experiences in my life uh, as, a, as a Christian how, you know, I've had an understanding with like a poster's over here. And then all of a sudden, something comes into line. And I think, oh, yeah, I can see that. And it just drops into your spirit. And it's like it's some, for someone else, it's totally normal. And they, and they wonder why you can't get it. It's a bit like algebra. I never got that. And I, I, I've, got, I've done 60-odd years without it, and I'm sure I can manage, you know, a few more years without it. So nobody come and try and correct me on algebra. You know, what is it anyway? <laughs> it's, um, I thought I was speaking in tongues. <laughs> so really, uh, where do I get that? I, I believe, you know, these op- we're seeing God do some incredible things. And... No, we live in the last days, so you can expect anything in the last days. So we're expecting God to do all sorts of things. And we're hungry for it. You know, Suzanne and I are hungry for things that we've only almost like dreamt of. We're hungry to see a fulfillment of some of the things, some of the prophetic words God's spoken over us. You know, you don't want to go to the grave with prophetic words just Amen. Lying in the lying in the casket. Um, so we want to see those things take place. And we just want to be able to help you. We want to be able to help you. So, you know, I, we appreciate your, your patience, if you like. Because sometimes it takes, it takes people like me a little bit of time to get, to get something. You're okay with that? I want to speak about living in truth. And you see, the scripture up on the screen there, John chapter 8 and verse 31 through 32. I spoke this, I talked about this scripture last Sunday as well. When Jesus said to those Jews who believed, the New Living Translation says just those who believed, because really, you know, it's irrespective of whether they were Jews or not in these days. It's the, when Jesus was addressing some people who believed, and I said last week, I think it was, that many times there are people who believe, but it's, it's okay. We need to be more than just believers. We need, we need to, we need to have the word of God uh, abiding in us. He said, you know, you can believe unless you've got the word of God abiding in you. Unless you've got the truth of the word of God abiding in you. And he, and he was speaking to people who didn't have what we have today. You hear what I'm saying? He's not, he's not speaking to people who have podcasts. He's not speaking to people who can, who can, who can, who can go onto a website and go onto a, uh, an app and, and, and watch something, hear something, listen to them. He wasn't speaking to people who had the Bible written down as we have in that complete canon of Scripture right from Genesis to Revelation. He wasn't speaking to people who had all the writings of the Apostle Paul. He was speaking to people who, who, who all they had really was, was Jesus and the revelation of who he was. And some, of course, didn't have that revelation. So he's speaking to those who, yes, we believe who you are. We believe this. But you need to, if you abide in my word, you're my disciple indeed. Some of us Christians are just referred to as Jesus' disciples. Well, you know, if you're going to be a disciple, the 12 disciples that live with Jesus... Didn't have very good ends. <laughs> and then, in the terms of natural endings, you know, they didn't, um, uh, they got executed. <laughs> you know, it's not, so that eliminates a few people who call themselves disciples now, doesn't it? You know, okay, I just want to be a Christian. I'm happy with being a Christian. I don't want that discipleship stuff. 
People talk about going on a discipleship course. It's like a leading, a discipleship course should be a leading to death of self. Hello? (laughs) Taking up a cross and carrying it. You know, discipleship course, many discipleship courses, just there, there. (laughs) Pat you on the back, stay nice and and (laughs) Christian-like. You know, discipleship course is a discipleship course which leads you to death of self. Unless a man deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, he's not going to be called a disciple. You hear what I'm saying? Then Jesus said to those who Jews who believe, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I believe the body of Christ needs to get freed up. We, we, there, is, there is, you know, we consider we're free, but are we really free indeed? Are we really free? The body of Christ needs, we need to get freed up. Freed up, liberated. We're talking about the last days. And, you know, but I talked last week Sunday about how the last days is mentioned twice. One, in the, in the sense that the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh in the last days. And then secondly, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And that's not what we don't tend to like that. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. I was some of that. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. You know, pretty much we all fit into that bracket. There's, you know, we can tag ourselves with any of that, any of that can't we? Yeah. Amen. Headstrong. <laughs> Haunty lovers of pleasure rather than, rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. You know, there's a lot of nice godly people around. You don't have to be a Christian to be godly. You, you can be nice. There's a lot of nice people about in the world. Haven't you got friends who are not Christians, but they're nice people? They wouldn't be your friends if they weren't nice people, would they? You know, you just would just walk away from them. Don't like you. They're nice people. And, and, and there's nice people in the house of God. There's nice people in the body of Christ. But is, is, does everybody accept, does everybody appreciate that we're living under the power and the influence of heaven? There'd be people just, they have a form of godliness, so many people will believe this, believe they're believers. And you can kid somebody you're a believer. Having a form of godliness, oh dear. Having a form of godliness, but when there's a manifestation, when there's a demonstration of power comes along, it's whoa, whoa. Whoa, you know, just, whoa, be careful. Don't any of that. You know, I'm just, no, I, just, I just want a nice, regular, average Christian life with nice Christian friends. I don't want to be pushed too much. I don't want to be challenged too much. I'll, I, I, I'll ignore that scripture. I'll, I'll, I'll shave a little bit off of that scripture. I'll make this one, you know, convenient to my lifestyle. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And then Paul says to Timothy, you need to, Deal, you need to deal with these sort of people. You know, you know if, come on, all scripture yeah. is God breathed yeah. and is given yeah. for, is profitable for good doctrine, rebuke, instruction. <laughs> yeah? 
And, what's that? and from such people, turn away. Just, just, you know, what does it mean by turn away? Just, just turn away. Turn away from the influence. Don't reject them. You know, they, they, they need you in their life. They need to be turning to you, not you turning to them. They need to see the, the, the true power of godliness in your life. Paul went to the Corinthian church. He says, I didn't come to you with words of, you know, exhortation, words, clever words of, of human wisdom. But I came to you with a demonstration of the Spirit of God and with the power of God. And that's what caused them to turn. That's what caused them to change. That's why Paul was able to speak to them about the things he was speaking to them about that we were talking about or listening about on, on Wednesday night. How he went to them, but he demonstrated the power of God. And the church needs to see the power of God. But even more than the church, the world needs to see a demonstration of the power of God. And that power of God can be demonstrated through you. Not just someone who has a form of godliness, but someone who lives in the power of God. And church, that's the truth. That's the truth. And from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep around households and make captive of gullible women and, and young Oh, come on. <laughs> who are loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. God, we need to be people. And that's not, it's not just talking about women, but, it is women, but anybody who, who, is, who is just gullible and, and just easily led, easily just, you know, will go with anything which is nice and comfortable and easy. Now, as Janus and Zambrus resisted Moses, so do those also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. But they will all progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. See, there's many people like Janus and Jambres who, you know, they resisted Moses. They tried to mimic what God was doing in the plagues of Egypt. But there was one greater. <laughs> and his name was the God of heaven. Amen. He, I mean, he was trying to mimic and trying to, trying to, trying to, you know, trying to bring lies in. And, and, and you know, that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to counterfeit right. yeah, and make what, make what is unacceptable acceptable. Yeah. And just messes people up sideways. Yeah. Messes people up sideways. Have you ever earwigged on somebody's conversation and you've heard them giving somebody advice and you think, that is a load of baloney. And you feel like just butting in and slapping them upside the face and say, just, you know, you're just messing that person up. And the person's listening to him like sucking it all in. Oh, is that right? Oh, can I really live like that and still be saved? Can I really have that sort of lifestyle? Can I really get involved? Can I, is it really okay to do that? Oh, there, there, you know, okay. come on, you know. Come on. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. You know, for the believer to live out our purpose, we have to be aware of greater things. You have to be aware of greater things. If you have got a call on your life, you have to be aware of greater things. Greater things. There are things, there are things far greater than your small world. Far greater than your small 
sphere of influence, you know, because the God of heaven himself is greater than any of that, and he wants, to, he wants you to engage in that. You know, sometimes we use that phrase, greater things, as a sort of a throwaway statement with little thought to what greater things might imply. So Jesus said to Nathaniel, when he's calling disciples there, he said, did you, you know, you, did, did you, you know, do you believe who I am because you, I said I saw you under the fig tree? And he says, do you believe you will see greater things? Did you believe, do you believe you'll see greater things? You know, when Jesus was talking about the, you know, the, the outpouring of his spirit, he said, you know, he, he spoke to them and uh, he made a statement just before he talked about, you know, you know, I'll pour out my spirit and give you the promise. He said, most surely I say to you, he who believes in me and the works that I do, he will also do greater works than these because I go to my Father. But also, you know, where there's a greater things being poured out, there's a greater resistance to the truth. When, see, we, we want, okay, you know, I love the greater things, but we forget that there's a greater resistance to the truth. It doesn't just come from outside the church. It can come from any which way, a resistance to the truth. Because the enemy knows that when a body of his people, of God's people, are filled with the truth, we are a nightmare for him. Yeah. <laughs> See, why is there such resistance to truth? Because we have this consistent, there's this consistent and continual feeding of lies by default in our life until we reset default. You see, and positionally as a Christian, when we get saved, our default is, re is, is re reset. But it's not reset in our mind, is it always? It's not reset in our mind. That's why the Bible says, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind that you may know what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God in Christ Jesus. So we have to purposely renew our minds. Now, if I wanted to get my head around algebra, I've had to, I would have had to purposefully <laughs> renew my mind. To get, to, 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 get, to get your head around. So when you make a decision to do something, to change something in your world, you have to purposely renew your mind, reset your thinking, reset your defaults. And what is, it that, what is it you spring back to? Where do you go? What do you go back to when you have a challenge in your life? You know, where do you go? You know, when a, when a, when a child is, is like a, maybe a one or two-year-old and they're running around and, and, they, and they see something which frits them. Frightens them. That's my word for fright. <laughs> when, when some, where, do they, where do they default back to? Their parents. There could be a crowd of people in the room, you know, who they don't know, you know, a whole lot of legs of all sorts, and they see all they can see is legs, and they go back to the legs they know. They, they default back to that which, is, which they know, where their mind has been set. And that's like as Christians, you see, we, we, we go back, and, and any any. So time in our life and any way we're living, we go back to what we know. But you see, as a Christian, our default has been reset, but we haven't reset, always reset it in our mind. And so there's this continual feeding of, of lies uh, so that we never achieve, never be who God's called us to be. It's consistent feeding of lies. 
See, see, God's repositioned us positionally, but experientially we still live from that place where our mind uh, was set or has been set over the years. So Jesus then said to those who believed, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples, and indeed you just know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So abiding in his word, defaulting back to his word, defaulting back to who he was, Default, when you, if you believe, you'll know that I am the salvation, I am salvation, I have been, I have brought redemption. But you have to live in it, live in who I am. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth sets you free. See, if, 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 if the word of God is, is our default, if the word of God is, is what we spring back to, is where we go back to, when we're looking for an answer on something, where do we go? When we're looking for some counsel in something, where do we go? Back to the word or find somebody who knows the word. You know, you get a, you know you, we go to other people. But do they know the word? Do they know the word, which is God breathed? Do they know the word, which is powerful, which is sharper than two edges, which has your answers, which has the truth? See, not everybody wants you free. Enemy certainly doesn't want you free. Some people get great security in, in not living free. You know, because in not living free, we can maintain some area of control. When you get free, it's like you lose control. God wants you free. And he wants us not to, you know, be living in that place where we are maintaining control. See, <clears throat> I said someone who is free is the devil's worst nightmare. He, we're the devil's worst nightmare, you know. The Bible says the enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. He is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. He's looking for the ones who are easy prey. He's looking for the ones who don't know who they are in Christ. He's looking for the ones who don't know the truth of God's word over their life. Easy prey. Roaring around like a roaring lion. The Bible says, don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't give him something where he can get his foot into. Because once he's got his foot on a hold, he can take the next step. And he can take the next step. You know, our lives need to be so slippery that he can't get a foothold. There's no accusation if we're living in truth. You know, we, 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 the body of Christ should be the enemy's worst nightmare. But sometimes he just plays around with us. He has a bit of a game with us and, you know, we never achieve what we're really called to achieve because he sees, he sees the potential in you. He, he knows he has been defeated. He knows he's living on borrowed time because he sees the potential. He sees, you know, he sees the cross. He sees the power of God. He sees him being defeated. He sees he, he's under our feet. Live your life so slippery, he can't get a hold. Because once he's got a hold, he'll try this there, and he'll try this over there, and he'll have another little dig here, and he'll have another little play around there, and he'll try something else here, and he'll try something else there, and he'll be taking steps, steps, steps. But when our life is so slippery, you do not give the devil a foothold. He's roaring lion like a roaring lion, seeking him made of power. See, just because we believe it doesn't always mean we're living in truth. 
Paul says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You know, God gave us everlasting life, but he gave us way more than just everlasting life. Because the words of God, when Jesus speaks, he's, all his, his spoken word, his word all, all links together in some way. It's all connected. So his everlasting life is also abundant life. For the enemy has a purpose to still kill and destroy. But Jesus will have a purpose, and that's to give you a life and have it in all its fullness. A supernatural abundant life. That's what he's made available to us. An abundant life. So everything Jesus said is linked to everything else he said. And so he's given us everything we have, everything which is available to us. Everything which he's given everything we need to be who he's called us to be and to live in truth. He's given us word, for instance, hasn't he? He's given us everything we need to come through everything the enemy throws at us. In 2 Peter 2, verse 1 through 2, sort of 2 Peter 2, 1, 2 through 4 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things to, that pertain to life and godliness. So he's given us everything we need to live in truth. He's empowered us and given us everything we need to live in truth in these last days. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us, exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So he's given us everything we need, the truth of his word to get through everything which is these perilous times which are in the last days. And so they're perilous times, they're challenges. You know, he has given us everything we need to overcome those things. The body of Christ, the people of, you know, Christians should not be weak, ineffective and, and incapable of doing what God's called us to do. He's equipped you and empowered you. He has way more for you than, you than you could ever imagine. He sees you as his child. He sees you with potential. He sees you as an overcomer. He sees you fulfilling your calling. He sees you as being who he's called you to be. See, when God sees us, he sees us as he called us to be. He doesn't see us with all our imperfections. He doesn't see us with all our hang-ups. He doesn't see us with our weaknesses. He sees us as he created us, a child of God in his image. Isn't that incredible? He sees us as a child of God. He sees us raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places. That's a powerful position of authority. That's a powerful position of victory. But sometimes, you know, the, the lies of the enemy will tell us, you know, we're never able you don't understand where I came from, God. You don't understand my background. You don't understand how I've been treated. You don't understand I don't have much of an education, or I, I don't have much of this, or I don't have much of that. You don't understand I haven't really got that sort of money to do that sort of stuff. And He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he know, because he knows exactly what you're going through and what you've been through and how you've got to where you are, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, because he loved you. He loved you. And tell you, some people need to live in that love. The truth of the love of God. You need to live in that. And Peter goes on to give further instruction about living out our life in truth. Verse 5 through 9 says, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness love. 
For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So as we forget that we are a new creation, we forget the truth that, you know, we are able to be who God's called us to be. That's the truth. And we need to live in that truth. See, knowledge of the truth is so powerful. It's so powerful when you get the knowledge, you get an understanding, you get revelation of truth. Because everything comes into line then. Everything comes into perspective when you live in the truth of who you are. When you live in the truth of who you are. When you live in the truth of what God says about you. When you live in the truth of how he has positioned you. When you live in the truth that he, he did die for your sins. He did. <laughs> Take those sins to the grave. He was raised from the dead. He did send. His Holy Spirit. He has ascended. He will come back. When you live in the truth of those things, you see, it changes the perspective of how you live your life. When you have the knowledge of it, the understanding, the, 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 the revelation of it. Revelation of truth is so powerful. And it comes through the Spirit of God. Somebody's already quoted, I think, today, Matthew chapter 16, 18. Who do men say that I am? Well, you're Christ. Well, no, some said I'm, you're, you're a good man. Some said you're a prophet. That's the sort of people that have in a form of godliness. But denying its power. But he looks at. Simon and says, who do you say that I am? What's your understanding of me? What revelation do you have of who I am? What, what understanding do you have of the truth of who I am and what I'm on, what I'm on this earth for? And Peter looked him back in the eye and said, you're Christ, the son of the living God. And it's at that point that Jesus sees that he has the truth. That it's dropped from here in his knowledge, in this form of godliness, right into his heart, into his spirit, and it's become power. It becomes, it becomes powerful. And once it gets, and he, and he says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And now you've got it in your gutter, or your Noah, but now you've got it, it's gone from your head to your heart, into your spirit, I say to you that you are Peter. He changed his name from Simon to Peter. He says, oh, you are Peter. And on this rock, I can build my church. See, now you've, when you've got a revelation, it's like a, it's like a foundation. When you've, got, when you've got the truth on you, it's like a foundation. And you can build something on it. So Jesus gave a parable about a man who built on the sand, a man who built on rock. 
The wise man built his house on the, on the rock. The foolish man built his house on sand. And the foolish man who built his house on sand didn't have an understanding of the power of that which was to come. Didn't have an understanding, of, didn't have the revelation. And so he built his house on some sand because that was easy, that was comfortable. That didn't cost him too much. That didn't mean dying to self. That didn't mean paying a price. Sand is a lot cheaper than concrete or rock. And so he built his house on some sand, and of course there was no foundation to it because there was no truth in it. Jesus said, the man who built his house on the rock, when the wind came and the storm blew, his house stood still, and it stood still. And church, you need, we need to be people who stand strong and still stand in who we are, who stand strong in our understanding, stand strong in our revelation, stand strong, strong in the truth of the word of God. So Jesus was able to say to Peter, and on this rock, on this foundation, because it's foundational, truth, revelation, truth is foundational. So it dropped into him and he received it and, and Peter changed from that moment on. He still made mistakes. He still denied Jesus. Still took a guard's ear off with his sword. <laughs> still still blurred, blabbered out some stuff that just shocked Jesus and all those around him, but he knew who he was. When he defaulted back, it came back to, down to the rock on which he was, his foundation was on. And we can have great revelation, we can have great understanding, but we still, we still make mistakes. We still get it wrong. We still mess up because we still live, we're still living a fallen world. This life we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for us. So we're in that place of truth. We're in that place of strength. The knowledge, the revelation of truth is so powerful. And so we, 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 we are prepared. We should be prepared for greater things of exploits, but also greater things of persecution. But he who's in us is greater than he who's in this world. Do you believe that? It's in the word. He who's in us is greater than he who's in this world. Greater things are found in the lives of those who walk in truth. Greater things are found in the lives of those who walk in truth. And when the greater things are found in the lives of those who walk in truth, we are able to walk through things that one, once upon a time would have taken us out. One time we would, we, we would look at them as perilous times, think, oh, how in the world can I get through that? How can I get through this challenge? How can I overcome this problem? Well, when you're living in truth, you can walk straight through. When you're living in truth, you can hold your head up high and say, I am an overcomer. Church, you're an overcomer this morning. If you're, in the, if you're a member of the body of Christ, you're an overcomer. It's all within you to be an overcomer. It's all within you to come through the things that you once would have taken you out. Uh, but now they won't because you're, you're standing tall and you're walking through and being who God's called you to be. Do you hear what I'm saying? But there's greater things in the lives of those who walk in truth. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide in you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and 
with you and will be with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So he's promising the Holy Spirit. He's promising the helper. Church, when we are believers who live in the truth, we have a helper. We have the spirit of truth who will guide us, who will lead us into truth. And you say, well, I don't know some of the truth. What truth is it from? He will lead you into all truth, the Bible says. He will come as the spirit of truth. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And you will be able, you enable you to encounter these perilous times. It'll enable you to encounter the challenges. It'll enable you to, to default back to what is true and what is right and see God be glorified. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. One man, someone made some, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. They will prophesy. You know, they will leave, you will live in the truth. He wants to pour out his spirit of truth. I tell you, truth needs to rise up in these last days. Truth needs to rise up over fact. Well, you don't understand my circumstances. If your circumstances, the fact is I'm this. The fact is I've got going this, all this going on in my life. But does those, do those facts match up to the truth? If those facts don't match the truth, facts just need to go by the wayside. Live in truth. Live in truth. Some people are moved by facts because they can be very real. The facts can be very tangible. But greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. What is living on the inside of me? If he, the spirit of truth, is going to come as a helper, where is truth? Truth is on the inside of me. Truth is tied up within you. Truth is right out inside you, right into, waiting to come out and, 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 and cause you to live and be who God's called you to be. Never accept anything which is not truth. He said to those who believed... If you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. I tell you this, I, I, I know that I know that I know because we're, we're human beings. And I can confidently say without even having a word of knowledge that there are people in this building who are living under false truth. So there's areas in our lives where we're not free. Where's the truth? Truth is within you. For I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. All men shall dream dreams. Man, sir, masons are part of the spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. He's poured out his spirit. He's poured out his spirit. There's truth within us. There's truth within us. He, the spirit of truth, will come and will guide you and will lead you and lead you into all truth. Truth is within us, church. Truth is within us. Truth is within us. I want to just minister to people. If there's anybody here this morning, we want to minister to people who are living with false truth if, if, if you've got some, some things which are taking place in your life which are real 
but they are contrary to the truth. God wants to pour His grace on you and touch you to free you up. To free you up. Sometimes we're living with thought patterns. Just one, one little example. You've got sickness in your body. Go to the doctor. He tells you you've got sickness in your body and you can say that's a fact it's a fact is that right? it's a fact you've got sickness in your body but the truth says he sent his word to heal us of our diseases so the truth says he's a healer but tr- and truth, so truth, he says, God says we got sickness in our body. Bible says we are created in the image of Christ Jesus. He sent his word to heal us of our diseases. By his stripes we are healed. The fact says we're healed. So we can speak fact, we can speak truth over facts. Speak truth over facts. But other things going on in your life, you, you know, we're lacking in finance. Philippians chapter, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. It says, My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. The truth is, he's a supplier of our needs. The fact is, we don't have enough money. So we can speak truth over facts. Amen. When we've got something going on in our life which is contrary to the Word of God, and that's why it's important that we know the Word. Because if we don't know the Word, we don't know what to speak over. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not, and you're, and you're, you're believing God for a baby. Go forth and multiply. That's God's plan to procreate. But the fact is, you doctor said you're going to struggle getting pregnant. Let's speak the truth uh-huh. yeah. over the fact. You hear what I'm saying? Is that okay? Yeah. Is that okay? Let's stand on our feet this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word, your word, which is truth. We thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit. We thank you that, you know, even though challenging times will come, you've given us everything we need to to live out who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Has anything I've said this morning helped you? You sure? That's good. Have you sensed his presence here this morning? Do you believe he's in the house? Do you believe his truth? And it rides over facts. 
on just quickly before we go we're nearly done but I just want to just very quickly so the band come back here if you're here this morning and you've got something going on in your life that you say well that's not quite right but it's real it's real I've mentioned I mentioned a few things just maybe three mentioned a few things you say well it's something like that it's not like that but I've got something on going on something going on in my life which is a real fact it's real but the truth says something contrary just as we worship for a few moments before we dismiss just come and stand here we'll pray with you and we will speak the truth over your circumstances We'll speak the truth over your circumstances. Do you hear what I'm saying? We'll speak the truth over your circumstances. Because the truth is here. The truth is here. The truth is here. The truth is in you. The truth is that he, 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 you know, he wants to, he wants to, to declare truth over, over what's going on in your life. Amen? Yeah. Let's worship Jesus for a few moments. Just come quickly if that's you. If you've got something going on in your life got something going on in your life. You may say it's something small or just some, maybe it could be something big. Just come here quickly and stand. The band are going to just worship, lead us in worship.